The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Financial Food for Thought. We've got Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell. And Carrie, you know what song this is, of course, right? No. I was just thinking how nice it is. Nice piano. This is the American anthem. Oh. So as our new president... I thought we had a national anthem. This is not the national anthem. Carrie. Right. This is the American anthem. Why do we need an American anthem? Because doesn't national anthem apply American? Well, it's... Well, we, we can't have too many patriotic songs, Carrie. Right? All right, that's true. Okay, so because uh, our new president referenced, did you hear him reference? No, in, I did in, not listen. <laughs> I've tried to take a hiatus. Other than skimming. This rare and difficult hour, when we meet our obligations and pass along a new and better world to our children, mm. I believe we must. I'm sure you do as well. I believe we will. And when we do, We'll write the next great chapter in the history of the United States of America, the American story. A story that might sound something like a song that means a lot to me. Here we go. It's called American Anthem. There's one verse that stands out, at least for me, and it goes like this. The work and prayers of century have brought us to this day, which shall be our legacy. What will our children say? Let me know in my heart when my days are through. America, America, I gave my best to you. Let's add, let's us add our own work and prayers. Can you say prayers? Story of our great nation. <laughs> if we do this, then when our days are through, our children and our children's children will save us. They gave their best. He's almost like a poet right they now. Did their duty. They healed a broken land. What's our idea? broken land. You know, so but oh, really, you know, the, the broken land. But you know, who really stole the show was the the, the poet, right? I, I don't know, Mark. I didn't watch. Okay, so I, I just oh, you okay? So Amanda Gorman. Who, okay. They they always have a poet, right? Who who comes out and gives a, a poem on the inauguration. I don't know if it started with George Washington, but <laughs> it's been the, la- the the most recent one. I got some poems that um, would fit, but probably and, not appropriate for the radio. But and and, <laughs> and one of the things, and so she was really good. She's a uh-huh. she's a young black. She's twenty two years old. Jeez. The youngest inauguration poet okay to speak um and i think the name of her poem was the hill we climb i wasn't sure if she was talking about capitol hill or or you know uh you know mount rushmore but whatever the hill we climb but and I, it, was, it was it was good i tried to catch a lot of it you know but somewhere along along see she's again maybe not in quite in step with joe biden because she thinks she one of her uh, stanzas was you know something about the nation that isn't broken but simply unfinished Okay, um, so that's the theme for today's show. Okay, um, that we're not broken; we're just unfinished. Hmm. So why don't you get us started? All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. I'm Carrie Waddell, and I have Mark Donnelly here with me this morning. We're here every Saturday morning on fourteen twenty a.m. here to give you helpful, inform- educational information about issues that may impact your financial life and how to be proactive instead of just letting things fall where they may and giving you 
um, tax law changes, other financial news that may be relevant to you. And we try to help people both who are working or who are already in retirement and you certainly face issues. And many people are concerned about economic uncertainty and with all this spending and planned spending, concerned about rising taxes. And if you're in the camp that thinks tax rates are going to go up in the future or you're worried about rising health care costs or any of the other financial issues, um, you need to be as proactive and take action and control and take a look at the financial issues, even if they're hard. Uh, this show is sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. The firm is known for tra- traditional financial planning number crunching. We do financial um, models and objective analysis so people understand how decisions they make today can affect the long-term outcome and help them make better dis- informed decisions instead of just emotional ones because sometimes people are missing out on opportunities or headed for traps that they're not aware of. And the estate planning team's been around Cleveland more than 35 years. And um, they're accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau and Super Service Award winners multiple years on Angie's List. The estate planning team offers a free consultation. If you want to come in and see how we're different what we can do for you. Sometimes people come in and say, hey, I just wanted to double check that I'm okay. And we point out an area they weren't even aware of. Or sometimes people call and they're worried about something they don't need to worry about. And they have issues that they should be worried about that they didn't even know existed. Um, So take advantage of a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation. Um, We can do those by phone or in person. Also, we have different fees that are affordable. We have comprehensive retainer fees that help you through the analysis, recommendations, and then step-by-step step through implementation, including coordination with your existing advisors, or we have hourly planning for people who want a little bit of help. Maybe there's a pension election analysis, IRA distribution planning. I know, Mark, we're going to try to talk about Roth conversions um, today. Um, so we offer the free consultation. If you want to take advantage of that, give us a call. We'll call you back on Monday. You can leave a message now at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Also visit the website. There's always specials for incentives for free consultation on the website at financialfoodforthought.com. Sign up for the newsletter. We try to summarize as tax law changes or relevant financial news. You'll get an email about that as well as listen to our previous shows if you've missed any on our podcast. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Yes, Kara, I do want to talk about Roth conversions. Don't let me get out of the this morning without talking about those. But before that, there are a lot of tax, uh, you know, this is the time of year where we're getting the new tax number, the, two, the new tax brackets and the new tax extensions. And, you know, we had some major tax. I mean, we just had that big package passed in the last week of the year, you know, and, and you know, now we have a new Democratic, um, perhaps progressive tax agenda going forward. So I'm sure we'll be talking about those things all year long this year, but um, at least some of the things that are already now known we'll, we'll be getting to. And yeah, so Amanda Gorman, you know, talking about, at first I wasn't sure what she was talking about, what isn't broken, but simply unfinished. I thought maybe she was, I don't know if she was talking about our government, you know. Um, our politicians? How about the Internal Revenue Code? Uh, I mean, maybe she was talking about that, you know, because um, I think our government, our our politicians. Well, you know, so because because one of the things is, um, you you know, first of all, okay, we 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 got some information that the tax season is not going to begin till February 12th. Okay, right. Which Um, is later. It's later. And a lot of it, you know, Chuck Reddick, you know, who is the IRS commissioner, You know, he's just been saying they are buried. I mean, literally, Carrie, the IRS is buried. Okay, they've got millions and millions of unopened mail. That's not really good when people aren't in the office and people have to adjust for COVID. I mean, can you you imagine what the IRS inbox looks like Mm. with millions and millions of unopened mail? Those are tax returns. Those could be uh, taxpayers' tax returns with checks that have been uncashed yet. Um, you, You know, it could be a tax return where you're waiting for a refund. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, again, we're Do you talking think about maybe they need to hire some more people to help okay, open mail. So what did Chuck because Chuck, I, you know, I've always complained that Chuck doesn't talk too much publicly. Right. 
I, do, I wonder how many people in this country could even name the IRS commissioner by name. Um, but, you know, so plan, you know, so here's some of his comments. Planning for the nation's filing season process is a massive undertaking. And IRS teams have been working nonstop to prepare for this, as well as delivering the economic Im- impact payments in record time. See, what he's kind of saying is that they with their with their limited resources and the pandemic shutdown, um, they've had to shift. And, and all of their and all of their effort is to get those stimulus checks out. Right. Okay, Um, and you know, um, which is going to delay then them time to look at anything else. Okay, the Internal Revenue Service still has about a million 2019 tax returns to process um, after the coronavirus pandemic and distribution of millions of stimulus checks upended operations. Okay, Uh, we have done all that we can really do," said Irish Commissioner Charles Reddick, talking to the members of the House and Means Oversight Committee. Um, Now. Um, so, you know, the the question is, you know, is the new president, Biden, going to keep Chuck on as the IRS commissioner? He's appointed by the president. Right. OK. Um, and so does he stay or does he go? Um, you, you know, and, and I haven't heard President Biden say anything. Do you think anybody really wants that job right now? Like, I would say just let that one go. <laughs> really? I mean, I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know which is worse, is... the president or the IRS commissioner. Yeah. Um, but the. Uh, so, you know, but in in the weird, you know, swampish way, a lot of people think that Biden will keep Chuck on. Okay. I think his actually term runs. Don't quote me on this, Carrie, but I think it runs to 2022. But now you say, well, why why would Biden, you know, the Democrat, keep a Republican appointee? Maybe you're saying, Gary, because maybe, you know, it's not a gift to be given the IRS commissioner right, job. Right. I was going to say. <laughs> maybe that's know. not a big perk. Right. But um, no, no kid pro pro is going to give it back on that. But no. What, but a lot of people think that the reason is that um, that the IRS is going to have to ask for more money, more funding. Right. Okay. And so a lot of people think that Biden would rather, as a Democrat, would rather say, hey, the request for foreign money is coming from a Republican appointee. Okay. Not a Democratic. Oh, so it's a political play, not really what's best for the country. Speaking Hmm. of those stimulus checks. Does that not happen? Yeah. Speaking of the stimulus checks, Kerry. All right. So there's been some madness around that, right? Yeah. and, you know, as we as we talked last week, OK, the IRS said, you know, they had the, the, the cutoff for them sending out the stimulus checks was the 15th, January 15th. So that's come and gone. OK. Um, and a lot of people are saying, yeah, but uh, I don't have my money yet. OK, um, well, you know, you could go to, you know, the IRS uh, uh, website, the tool that they have, uh, get my payment, you know, and, and, and they'll give you the status of it. But uh, but they have to come out. The IRS have come out again, Carrie, and said, "People, be on the lookout for those debit cards." Nobody. I didn't think they went over well the first time. No, people um, don't want it. And 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 and. and but we're learning now. See, see what they told us originally was: however you got the first stimulus check is how you would get the second stimulus check. Meaning, if it was directly deposited, you'd get it direct deposited the second time. Meaning, if you got a check in the mail, you'd get a check in the mail the second time. Meaning, if you got a debit card the first time, you'd get a debit card the second time. Well, we now are finding out that's not the case. Okay, Um, so now the IRS is admitting that some people who received a paper check last time might receive a prepaid debit card this time. And some people who received a prepaid debit card last time may receive a paper check. Make it more sense to be consistent. Now, they're even saying so. So they're giving us more information to be on the lookout for the debit card. They come in plain white envelopes, Carrie. Okay. Oh, that's clear, because most of my mail comes in plain white envelopes. <laughs> yeah, that, that stands out in your right. mailbox. Um, but it's going to have the Treasury Department seal, because we all know what that looks like. Yeah, okay. D- Do you know any- how many junk email that looks official? I mean, would, mm-hmm. I even, would you even be able to know what the official Treasury Department seal no. is from the unofficial one? No. Okay. Um, the cards will bear a Visa logo. Okay, um, and have been issued by MetaBank. That's M E T A B A N K. MetaBank, 
which is displayed I mean, on okay, the back. Okay, but w- what if people need to pay their, in all fairness, need the check because they need to pay their rent? The okay, visa, you know? so this is it. So, so what you need to do, if you get the debit card, and it's it's like a prepaid. Eight, you know, eight, you know. What am right, I trying to say? You could use it for know. gas. It's like yeah. a, it's a prepaid, like a gift card. Almost. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like the uh, you know, like right. the, uh, Visa, Amazon gift card. And Visa, right? you can use anywhere. But what if somebody needs to pay child right. care? Okay, they so need what to pay you rent. do? So if you just want to deposit it into your checking account or savings account, okay. you got to take it to your bank, Carrie. Okay. Right? And then uh, and hopefully you get allowed in the bank. I, right. I don't know, but wear a mask. Right. But, but hopefully they'll <laughs> allow you in the bank. Right. And then what you do is you just, you know, work with the tellers and say, hey, look, at I got my, you know, uh, prepaid, you know, debit card and I just want to deposit it into my bank account. Okay. And then and they usually have um, one of those machines that reads the prepaid uh, okay. cash cards. Right. Um, now, couldn't you do this from the outside ATM machine? I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, you could probably get a cash advance from there. Right. But wouldn't it make it easier just that if everybody got checks, because now we have with COVID, more people are using mobile deposits, so you don't have to go to the bank. Right. Uh, I don't know. So, um, so there, therefore, so, you know, the system isn't broken, Carrie. It's just unfinished. Mm. Okay. Um, What else Uh, do we got? Um, I I don't know. I think there's some parts that seriously are not working well. The... um, all right. How about okay? So, what are some other so some other tax briefs, Carrie? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, some good news. Um, remember, we've talked a lot on the show about the it was scheduled that if you are an itemizer and you have mm-hmm. a lot of medical expenses, right, that in twenty twenty one the threshold was going to go up to ten percent. You know, from the current seven and a half percent. Now, remember that that's been kicked the can down the road for a number of times. Mm-hmm. Remember, it was supposed to go up to 10 percent a few years ago. Then Congress extended the seven and a half percent. Then they extended it again and again. And so now, good news, Carrie, they have permanently made it seven and a half percent. So not only for 2021 is it still seven and a half percent forever right now. It's permanent until, of course, Carrie Wynn. They change it again. But right. It, for right now, so the good news is, so if you're planning your 2021 and you are worried that you you were, you know, the, the, the higher threshold to write off medical expenses, um, yeah, you don't need to worry about that now. It's going to be 7.5%, and that's, you know, going to be that way for the uh, untold future. Um, let's see. Um, you know, I just uh, another... We, we get this question a lot, Carrie. It's, it's about, you know, the, the capital gain exclusion for the sale of primary residence, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the idea that, you know, for a married filing jointly couple, you know, you have a $500,000 exclusion, capital gain exclusion for the sale of a primary residence. And the law says it's 250000 for a single person. Okay. But what about a surviving spouse? Okay, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, you have that idea that the first spouse dies, Carrie, and and it's not that unusual that the surviving spouse moves out of the house. Right. Okay, probably into a smaller place or maybe they're moving to be closer to now their children Mm -hmm. because now they are alone. You know, a million reasons. Right. Right. Um, But it seems unfair, right, because, you know, the day before they, you know, the first spouse died, they would have a $500,000 capital gain exclusion, which is cut in half in survivorship. Well, actually, there's a two-year uh, break for the surviving spouse, Gary. Okay. So just keep that in mind, that the, the, the spouse has two years to sell the house and still retain the $500,000 capital gain okay. exclusion. All right. Um, as long as they meet the other rules as well, you know, meaning you have to, you have to have been living in the house for, you know, two out of five years and all that good stuff. So that's sometimes we get that question. Um Let's see. So I talked about that. Okay, another one that too that that I confused everybody about this time last year. Well, when the, when the well, maybe a little bit, you know, was the the idea of non itemizers being able to write off charitable contributions. Right. right? Um, so remember, there was a new rule as part of the uh, I, I, believe, I believe it was the CARES Act that said. You know, to give people incentive to give in this pandemic to charities that even if you're not itemizing, 
you could write off up to $300 of charitable cash contributions mm-hmm. above the line deductible. Right. Okay. Um, and originally, Carrie, my misunderstanding, as well as a lot of other uh, financial planners across the country, thought that for a married filing jointly, you'd get two of those, meaning each spouse right. would get the 300 No. And, and, then, and then during the year, it was clarified that no... It was $300 per return, regardless if it was single or married filing jointly. Okay, so now, though, in this latest, um, you know, package that passed at the end of the year, um, that they've changed that. So, again, first of all, they said the three, you know, that's extended now to 2021. Remember, originally, it was just for year 2020. So now it's been extended to 2020, and they've clarified it up front now that married filing jointly get two. Okay. So they do get the $600. So obviously that caused a lot of confusion. Well, yeah. Um, you know, so we, we can, um, let's see. Um, another thing Another thing that we get to question all the time at this time going into a new year is, um you know the 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 clients or the are the you know people call us Carrie and they say Mark, what are the Social Security earnings test limits? You know that's the idea that if you start Social Security benefit before your full retirement age and you're still working, mm-hmm. if you're making over a certain amount of income, you have to you know throw back you know some of your Social Security benefits, right? Um, so, you know, and those and, and it's it's and the number of how much income that is, that threshold goes up a little year, uh, goes up a little every year because of inflation or cost of living increases. So um, the amount for 2021 carry is eighteen thousand nine hundred and sixty. So and, you know, a lot of people keep an eye on that number. All right. Um, and so basically, if you start Social Security before your full retirement age and you make more than eighteen thousand nine sixty in earnings, um, every dollar in benefits, you know, will be held back for every two dollars in earnings in excess of the limit. OK, um, now is a different rule, Carrie. Now, again, I know I'm getting into the right. weeds here, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not here. You know, I always say I'm not here to defend the you know, logic, fairness, or simplicity of the U.S. tax code. Just here talking about the rules. So the rule is different, Carrie, in the year the taxpayer reaches full retirement age. Okay. okay in that case, the threshold is for 2021 is $50,520. Okay. Okay. Um, and then in that case, the holdback is less severe. It's $1 in benefits for every $3 in earnings in excess of the limit. Okay. Um, so for uh, if it's not your full retirement e- e- age year, it's 18960 If it's your year you attain full retirement age, it's 50520 Now, again, a lot of people are really, really worried about that threshold. And I try to remind people, hey, it's not the end of the world. I mean, if you're doing tax planning, yeah, okay. Right. If you're running progressive and say, I want to stay under a limit, that's fine. But if it, 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 first of all, it's it's a soft threshold. You know, it's not, it's for every, you know, it, it's for every dollar in benefits above that threshold, right? You know, right. Um, and then also that money isn't lost forever, okay? You know, it, the money comes back to you. You know, I mean, um, and once you, benefits. well, yeah, once you attain your full retirement age, then the Social Security it increases your monthly benefit to make up for the amount that was held back. Right, because people think they lose it forever. Right. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, too, is if you're in that, if you're trying to plan for that year that um, you're you're planning on retiring, but you want to start Social Security before that actual retirement date, remember, the, 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 uh, the test only applies for the months prior to the one you hit full retirement age. And after that, the test disappears. So, you know, in other words, it, 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 the penalty doesn't stay in effect if you know if you once you attain your full retirement age in that year so that's some of the you know so um that's just some i could go on all but i know i gotta move on to other things so you know again it's it's complicated but remember you know our internal revenue code carry it's not broken it's just unfinished 
All right. Well, regardless of that, if you're concerned about future taxes and want to make sure that you're taking advantage of those, um, we've helped people for more than 35 years, you know, use opportunities. And, and if you're working and thinking there's nothing you can do, take the steps so that you're creating that future income as tax efficiently as possible through cash flow planning and knowing knowing your numbers. And that's what we do with the estate planning team. And take advantage of a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation, either by phone or in person. You can give us a call at 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com and you're listening to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell here this morning. Yes, and we've been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those 35 years, Carrie, you know, we, we always try to remind our clients and our listeners about certain deadline thresholds. Mm-hmm. Um, one which we are now approaching, Carrie, and this is the one that we've talked about, and that's that if you're planning to appeal Mm-hmm. Um, if you, uh, your Medicare IRMA adjustments, right? right? In other words, so if, um, and the income related monthly adjustment amount. So that's the idea that if you have a certain amount of income, your Medicare premiums go up, right? Um, now you get notified of that usually when you get your, if you're collecting Social Security, when you get your new Social Security benefit statement, Mm -hmm. which you should have gotten around Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, If you're not collecting Social Security yet, you get, you know, fan mail directly from Medicare. You should have, and that notice should have come about the same time. And the idea is we, we caution people that says, yeah, remember they're they're using like for 2021, right? Uh, Medicare premiums. They're using your 2019 income tax return mm-hmm. for that test, right? Okay, and and a lot of times you have an appeal right because the in let's say you were working in 2019, your income was way up, and let's say you were retired in 2021, your income's way down. Right. So you have to appeal that and say, no, you can't use my 2019. It's not representative of what my real income is. We call those life changing events. Right. Um, And, you know, and so the IRS has a uh, appeal. It's not IRS. I shouldn't say that. Medicare has an appeal process. All right. But it's timed. Okay, you've got 60 days. Actually, you know, you know, they're saying that the 60 days start the day after you get the letter. Okay. Okay. And they assume that you get the letter five days after the date of the letter. Now, you think that may be a problem this year? Mm-hmm. That everyone got their letter five days after supposedly it was mailed. Well, I think it might be okay for parts of the country, but Northeast Ohio certainly, certainly might be not. a letter. It may still be in that semi-truck out in Strongsville. <laughs> Right. And don't think it doesn't happen because I, up until last week, I still got a couple Christmas cards that were postmarked mid-December. Because if I'm doing the fuzzy math, you know, let's say the letter is dated November 25th. Right. We're coming up to the 60 days. Mm-hmm. Pretty fast. Yep. All right. Um, now, um, all right. Now, if you, and, and then you could say, well, okay, well, well if, if I am going to appeal... Um, there's a couple of forms, you, you know, mm-hmm. that one is the SSA 44. That's the life changing event form. Right. And, and that's, you know, again, if, if you've, you know, those are, the, those are pretty much given all the time. You know, the, the, the classic one is you were working two years ago and you're not now. Right. Or your spouse was working in that, you know, some that's, and that's usually easy to prove. And that's usually, you know, other one could be if you got married, could be if you became a widow, you know, right. um, other life changing events. But let's say you don't qualify for any of those, but you think you still have a case, then you may have to, you know, escalate to form SSA561-U2, which is a request for reconsideration. Um, But in either case, you know, and it's well worth you to do that. Right. We have clients doing that all the time. You know, once we make them aware of the rules, they're saying, well, of course I'm going to appeal. Or they think that they can't. Or they don't know they can, yeah. Right. Um, now it's in that letter when you get it's that, a little confusing. It, it, you know, you got to read all six pages of it. 
Right. And you have to supply income sometimes when you retire in 2020. There's a step that you have to report your 2020 expected income. But then on another step, you have to put what your projected 2021 was because the income, even though you're getting maybe the same as 2019, it's 2021 that isn't going to be the same. Right. The two year rule is really confusing. And there's detailed explanation. You just have to really go through it on the form. And also what we have found over the years is that our clients are not getting a lot of help from their CPAs on this. Mm -mm. And you may shake your head at that and say, well, yeah, why isn't my CPA telling me about how to appeal this? And when you really think about it, the CPA may think, hey, this is not an income tax issue at all. This is a health insurance premium issue. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, just because they're using a tax return doesn't mean this is a tax issue. Now, and, and, and a higher Medicare premium isn't a tax. It's a health insurance premium. But our clients feel it's just like a tax. Because right. it goes up if your income goes up. Right. So if it smells like a tax and looks like a tax, but the CPA say it's not a tax, therefore uh, you're on your own. So sometimes, you know, again, I can't stress enough the coordination of advisors. So that's a good one. So if, if you, um, so again, don't now, uh, it, depending on your circumstances, Carrie, and this has happened to, over the decades for many of our clients, they've had to appeal two of these in a row. Right. Because of their scale down working. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, or one spouse retires and then a second turn, a second time is when the second spouse retires. Right. So it's, it, you may have to do this more than once in your lifetime. Right. But it's, you know, and those are hard thresholds for Medicare. If you're a dollar over, you go up. So those are, you know, opportunities. It's not, a, I don't care what you call it, but that's money in your pocket. And at the estate planning team, we're always looking for ways our clients can get the most net benefit on the, their hard-earned dollars. Um, so they're taking advantage of all the opportunities that are out there. And certainly when you're frustrated and worried and concerned about everything that's going on today, um, even more so, you need to take control and be proactive about your own financial life instead of defaulting to the government's plan, which is usually not in your best interest. And you can take advantage of a free no-obligation consultation. Again, we're doing those still in person or by phone. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, listen to Mark Dowling, Kara Waddell. And Kara, you're going to keep an eye on the time, right? Because I've got yeah. to get the Roth conversions. Um, but I wanted to, you know, again, we'll be talking a lot about the Democratic progressive tax agenda going forward. But at this point, I, I'm not getting too excited about because I don't know where the filibuster stalemate stands. Um, so, I mean, right now we've had, a, a you know, a complete, you know, stalemate between uh, the new leader, you know, Chuck Schumer and the minority leader now, um, Cocaine Mitch, right? McConnell. Mm -hmm. And they aren't getting anywhere on this, Carrie. Um, you know, they're, they're just completely at a standstill. So obviously Schumer wants to get rid of the filibuster. No surprise there, right? I've been, right. you know, saying that for a long, long time. But the question is, is he going to be successful? Um, and, you know, and he might not. And without, you know, with, if the filibuster stands, meaning that the Senate, it takes 60 votes in the Senate to get major tax law changes done, um, like some of the more radical uh, progressive ideas that the Democratic Party has, um, you're going to need, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, will the, you know, you're not going to get those done unless Schumer is successful and getting rid of the filibuster where now a simple majority rules because they have the slight majority in the House of Representatives. And, of course, they have the White House and they've got Kamala, you know, the vice president tiebreaker in the Senate. So, I, I you know, so these are but there are certain individuals in the Senate that we really got to watch. As a matter of fact, they're wielding all they have. They're holding all the cards right now. 
I mean, obviously, you know, so one is, you know, Joe Manchin, right, out of West Virginia. I mean, he's basically, you know, saying that, you know, I am not going to, you know, a Democrat, I'm not going to vote for the get rid of the filibuster. Now, how much, you know, will the Republicans (laughs) promise West Virginia if Joe, uh, you know, uh, you know, now the other one, another Democratic, uh, John Tester, he's another centrist out of Montana and another centrist Democrat in the Senate in the Senate is Kristen Sinema out of Arizona. Okay, so those are the you know the three Democrats who may not vote to get rid of the filibuster, and basically Republicans just need one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but then what if they lose some of the rhinos? Mm-hmm. You know, and and there are a few of those. Uh, Lisa Murkowski is number one in Alaska, who's okay. threatened to leave the Republican Party, right, okay. and either go independent or or worst case scenario Democrat. Then you have Susan Collins out of Maine. You never know which way she's going to fall on these uh, bipartisan issues. And then a lot of people are questioning what Mitt Romney would do. You know, no, how do you talk? Now, see, I don't think Mitt Romney really has a problem with the Republican Party. I think he just had a problem with Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. And, and so I'm, you know, but Lisa Murkowski, mm. uh, that's a different uh, story. Um, so, so now until um, they actually are successful, and throwing out the filibuster. I don't know if you need to really be worried or changing your plan, you know, to 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 some of these radical progressive tax ideas. Although I don't think it's radical to think that tax rates are going to go up or that we're not going to be impacted by some of these new changes. Well, the question is, are your tax rates going up? Um, you, you know, you know, obviously, yeah, some people's tax rates are going up now. Right. What, remember, Joe Biden just kept saying the 400,000 is the threshold. Right. Um, or, you know, people are saying, well, I, I heard my capital gains tax is going up. Well, yeah, if you have over a million, you know, Joe right. was saying if you have over a million dollars in income, right. you're going to, you know. But I'm just saying based on all the spending, I don't they got to get the money from somewhere and that comes from taxpayers. Well, but they still need votes to pass right. higher taxes. Um, now, you know, again, you know, the, the, so, I mean, so we'll be talking, but I mean, again, throughout the year, we'll be, ta- what are some of the more radical? See, I, yeah, I think income taxes are going to go up, but I'm talking about like the elimination of step up and basis, mm. which we talked about on this show. Right. Um, it could or, happen. Or lowering the federal state tax exemption back down to three and a half million. Right. Okay. Um, and increasing the rate to 45%. Um, how about the millionaire's tax? You know, the net worth tax, you know, go mm. saying that we can't tax. There's not enough income to tax. Right. So we got to tax net right. worth. That to me is a very radical idea. Mm-hmm. OK, um, how about the student loan debt forgiveness? I don't know how that's even plausible. I mean, that's radical. Now, now what so you get a free education. Then what do you do with people going? I just think that's just a too big of an issue to tackle. Well, so what's happened? So Biden did get successful, you know, working with the Department of Education that um, by executive order, you know, they again remember the the continued suspension of the federal loan. Right. You know, the freeze. Right. Mm-hmm. Remember, Trump's freeze was going to end, I believe, at the end of this month. Uh, right. And and we just and then Biden just got it extended to September. But Biden's idea, remember what he ran on, you know, was the idea that, you know, a big part of his agenda was to have a ten thousand dollar forgiveness of student loan debt. Mm-hmm. That to me is radical. That to me, it's going to be tough to get done with that with the filibuster. Um, now, um, and 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 I don't know what the solution is for the student loan debt, but to me, the solution is that it's it, somehow the colleges have got to reduce their pricing. Right, but they keep increasing it because everyone just gets loans. Right. See, does a college care if the if the if the if the third year dropout defaults on his student loans? No, they got paid. Exactly, uh, and, and you can say, and some people are saying, well, maybe the solution is let student loan debt be forgivable in a bankruptcy, just like all other debt. Right. Well, yeah. is that a, that's still going to fall uh, back on the tax rate? And, and do the colleges care about that? If 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 their if their if their college graduate files bankruptcy, they don't care. They already got paid. I think it would make more sense to get rid of some of the requirements to graduate because some of these yeah. goof like ridiculous classes that are requirements that somebody's. I mean, I understand you want a well-rounded person, but you know if they want to pay for that. But if I know what major I want to, why do I have to take? 
I mean, well, yeah, something that's totally irrelevant, I, I, nor hey, am I interested I, in to graduate. I, years ago on the show, I said, who said that a bachelor's degree has to be four years? Where was that written? The colleges, yeah. Or a doctor's degree has right. to be how many years, Carrie? You know probably right. better than I Eight. do. Yeah, four more years. Um, do we need doctors? In, in yeah, we kind of do. Um, Are you ta- Oh, I didn't know if you were talking about PhD or geez. <laughs> But yeah, if you could fast track some of it for people who know, and I understand when you're not sure and you're trying to explore, but and how much does medical school cost? I mean, does Harvard? Don't we need more medical? With Harvard, with their thirty-five bill, whatever you know, endowment, do would they have to charge tuition ever again? No, no, never. And they'd still be fine. Don't get me started. So, so now the other thing, of course, is well, let's just make college free. Because I think if you're going to get rid of student loan debt, you have to make college free. Because otherwise, they'll just go out and run up more debt, just expecting to, to be forgiven it, again. Right. So, um, so maybe that's so maybe they do have to make public colleges free, because then maybe then the private schools would have to you know drop their, their price. Right. And now maybe they you know like you know Ohio State might not be able to pay you know the football coach the five million dollar contract right. or whatever he makes, but so be but it. But aren't we there for education? Isn't the purpose of college to get an education? I don't know what the purpose of college is I thought is it was an, an employee. Well, no. I always tell my kids an employable education because if you want something else, do that on your spare time after you get something that's employable. So what are some other radical Democratic progressive that are, my clients are getting worried about? And I'm saying, mm, don't get worried yet. Um, how are we doing? I gotta, yeah, you got to start. All right. So we'll be talking about these throughout the year because I okay. do want to get the Roth conversions, Gary. Um, but like the everyone's worried about the four hundred one k that they're gonna, you know, the tax deduction changes, and I don't know if that's going to happen. To me, that's too radical. It's too it's too accounting problems. Uh, I'll talk more about that. Or too complicated. But, well, it's too to implement. It's it, you know, it's um, how about the federal minimum wage, fifteen dollars an hour? I'm doubling the federal. For, I mean, okay, maybe we have increased the federal minimum wage, but you don't start by doubling it. No, and I think it still comes back to the states because the cost of living in California, New York versus other places are significantly different, which is why I thought they made those changes. But anyway, you can call the estate planning team for a free consultation if you're working or already in retirement. There may be issues that we can help you with instead of worrying or be concerned or maybe find opportunities that give you more net spendable dollars that you can choose to do what you want with. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. All right. We've got Mark Dolly and Kara Waddell. The the only thing I'm saying is that, you know, President Biden's calling his, you know, sixth uh, bill, you know, the, um, the, you know, that he, that he came out with recently, you know, the $1.9 trillion Mm -hmm. package, Um, you know, just, uh, you know, they just did the, you know, the. Nine hundred billion, um, but you know what does Biden saying? No, let's make that an additional one point nine trillion, right? Um, he's calling it the American Rescue Plan. Okay, uh, and so we always talk about building your Plan R, right? Uh, and we use Plan R. I don't know why we started using R. I think originally it was just for recession recession i think it was a recession um but but the idea is um now it's for this year it's going to be the rescue plan (laughs) the point is or you said resuscitation (laughs) the the point is do you have to rebuild your financial plan if some of these democratic progressive tax agendas move forward and especially if schumer is successful and throwing out the filibuster Mm. All right. Um, so stay tuned all year. And, and and this is where you don't ask your neighbor what their plan is. You have to kind of do right. this yourself. Um, but Roth conversions. So so a lot of confusion about Roth conversions. Okay? Now, we've been talking about Roth conversions ever since they came to existence, you know, back in 1998. Um, and th- so, But what I see happening right now is people are getting confused with what the strategy was last year versus this year, specifically when we're dealing with how required minimum distributions, you know, come into play if you're planning on doing Roth conversions. And there's a lot of confusion about that, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so so the, the reason why what the strategy in 2020 might not work for 2021, of course, is because in 2020, the government suspended RMDs for the year. 
Okay. They, okay. You didn't have to do them, whether it was your own or an inherited. That's not the case in 2021. Right. They're back. Okay. Um, and I don't think they're going to be suspended again. Remember, you know, the reason why they were suspended, in my opinion, last year wasn't simply because of the virus. It was because of the stock market crash in March. Okay. Okay. Um, we don't have that scenario this year. We still have the virus, but we the stock market, don't look now, new time highs. Right. So I believe that, you know, the requirement. Now, so if you were planning on, so last year, you know, with the Roth conversion, when people know, knew that they didn't have to do an RMD, Okay. They said, hey, I've got the tax room because I don't have to take that money out. Right. And I and and one of the rules is that, you know, you're not allowed to convert your required minimum distribution to Roth IRA. Right. Okay. That's one of the tax rules. Right. If you okay, want to do not, a conversion, yeah. it's above that amount. Yeah, you can do it now. But here's where people get confused. I would say, well, I get different stories on that, Mark. Well, see, the idea is you, 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 if you're going to do it, yes. But the key is you've got to get your RMD triggered and done first. Mm-hmm. You have to get that done first. Then once you have um, gotten your RMD out, you've met that you know, qualification. Mm-hmm. Then, in addition, you can do Roth conversions. Right. It's on top of the RMD. And separately. And after the RMD. Right. Okay. Um, that's how, you know, that's when you're on, you know, straight with, you know, Chuck Reddick. So, you know, and, and so last year you didn't have to worry about the RMDs. Now, the other thing is people sometimes say, well, I didn't think I could do a Roth conversion because I'm not working. Right. No, that's Roth contributions. You need earned income to make Roth right. IRA contributions. There are no rules like that for conversions. Okay. Um, so a lot of people think, um, I, I thought I had to be 59 and a half to be able to do a Roth conversion. No, you can do a Roth conversion before 59 and a half. You got to be careful. It's a little bit more complicated. Intending, right. um, you know, but, you know, but yeah, it, it can be done. Um, and a lot of people thought, well, I thought I made too much money to do a Roth conversion. No, in 2020, 20, did I say that right? 2010, 10, right? <laughs> I said 2020, 2010 is when the government lifted the AGI restriction for doing Roth conversions. Remember at the time it was 100,000. Right. So if you had more than 100,000, you know, you couldn't do a Roth conversion. Um, so those are some of the, that's why, you know, some people, we still get the question, hey, can I do a Roth conversion or not? Now, some of the other things is, um, again, you know, each time you do a Roth conversion starts a new five-year holding period to get the income tax-free distributions. Mm-hmm. Okay. At least that's my understanding of a very complicated um, tax code. earnings, though. Now, remember, the tax code isn't right. broken, Carrie. It's just unfinished. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, um, but yeah, so the idea is, um, you know, because so if you do a Roth conversion this year and then another one next year and then another one two years from now, that's okay. But each time you do a conversion starts a new five-year holding period. Now, what you just said was important. That's that's to get the earnings out tax free. Remember, when you do a Roth conversion, you're, 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 you're paying taxes on the amount you're converting. Right. So that's after tax money now. Okay, that's why a lot of times I hear professionals talk about, oh, with the government, what's going to happen is they're going to take away the tax free nature of Roth IRAs. And now you're going to be double dipped because now you're going to be taxed twice. And it's like, well, how are you taxed twice? I mean, you know, in other words, are they thinking that if I do a ten thousand dollar conversion and I pay my taxes on that now this year? Right. And then a few years from now. They take away the tax-free income. Are they saying that when I take my basis ten thousand out, I'm going to be taxed again? There's no way. No way. So you know, whenever I hear a professional say, "Oh, that you're going to get double dipped if the if the government changes the rule," no, they may take away the tax-free interest, right? You know, the earnings, but they're not going to tax your basis again, right? So even if you believe that income tax rates are, I mean, in other words, if you are in the camp that believes income tax rates are going up. And, um, you know, you're saying, well, I'm worried, though, that if I do a Roth conversion on the lower tax rates now, they're going to make it not tax free anymore. At least your basis is out at the lower tax. Right. At least if you if you leave it in the IRA, it's all going to be taxed later. 
at the right. higher rates. So at least you're getting it out, paying the taxes at, at least a lower on the basis, rate. right? And 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 whether or not that they do, I mean, that's a I don't know if they're going to do that. I mean, that that would be a that'd be a big stab in the back if they mm. said, uh, you know, a Roth IRA. Now they may cut it off again and say you can't do any more conversions, or they may reestablish a threshold if you make too much income, you can't that, do Roth but conversions. It'd be very unlikely and very unfavorable to their voting pool for them to take that away completely. Now, the other concern, though, th- that if you're in a high net worth um, is the idea that if you, remember we mentioned that one of the Democratic progressive tax agendas is to lower the federal state tax exemption. Mm-hmm. Remember, currently for 2021, that's $11.7 million. All right. Um, and couples get two of those, right? Right. And Biden's talked about bringing it down to $3.5 million. Okay, that's a big drop, Carrie, right? From mm-hmm. 11.7 to 3.5. Um, but the idea is, if you know, if your Roth IRA, remember, your Roth IRA is income tax free, but it's not federal estate tax free. Right. As a matter of fact, that was one of the reasons why wealthy families weren't doing Roth conversions, you know, when the federal estate tax exemption was six hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, because their 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 point was, well, Mark, why would I want to pay taxes? Up front to do a Roth conversion, if it's, if the if my Roth IRA was going to be subject to a fifty percent estate tax, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. Um, you know, so so again, um, so if if you're concerned that um, you know that you've got an issue with if you're going to say, hey, I don't know if I'm going to uh, wait and see if the uh, if the Democrats are successful in throwing out the filibuster and potentially lowering the federal state tax exemption back down to a level where all of a sudden my Roth conversion or my Roth IRA is now exposed. Hmm. All right. uh, the other point, too, about Roth conversions is that um, if you're planning it, see, you, you don't want to plan it where to pay for the Roth conversion, you're doing withholding on the actual Roth conversion. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm running out of time, but if you're confused about that, just call us or come in and see us, mm-hmm. and I'll explain that to you. But the idea is you want to put, you know, because you want to get to the point where it, you're, you're covering your estimated taxes by other means. Now, let's go back to the example that where you have an RMD, and you you have to get that done first before you can do your Roth conversion. Well, the idea is, well, maybe you've got to calculate how much withholding you need on the RMD because that can't be converted to Roth anyways. But we can use the RMD to pay your withholding taxes. Then later in the year, once you know that you do have room or how much room you have to do the Roth conversion, you you don't have to worry that if you do an X amount that you're now short on your estimated taxes. I hear the music here. Get us out of here. All right. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. So, yeah, care. Congress isn't broken. I think they're just finished. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.